Hi guys, welcome back to the Movie Fandom Podcast. My name is Sophia Maddox, and last night I rewatched Spider-Man No Way Home. Guys, it gets worse. It gets sadder. Oh my god. Okay, major spoiler warning, unless you already saw my other review. If you don't want to be spoiled, this is your warning. I mean, I shouldn't have to do this anymore. Okay. Oh my god, guys, this one just hit harder. It was so much more sad the second time. I noticed so much more things this time, and it's just so much better. It gets better and better and better. I'm probably going to rewatch it again because it's just absolutely amazing. Um, okay, so a few things that I want to talk about. First, starting with the scenes that made me cry because I cried again. The first scene that made me cry, it, this actually, it didn't make you cry, but it made me tear up. The fact that Peter fits into the I survived my trip to New York City t-shirt, that's like symbolism that he's like an adult now, which is really sad. But at the same time, like, that's how Spider-Man works. I mean, he does age. But like, it just, that broke my heart. I don't know why. Um, and, okay, and then, this was a lot. And then the next thing that made me cry is obviously Aunt May's death. I mean, it just hit way harder this time because you knew it was coming. But you just had, instead of just being in shock, you could pay attention to Peter's reaction. And Peter's reaction to her death is just the, oh my god, it's the saddest thing. And, you know, like, yeah, I, I can't I can't even explain, Um, but it's super sad. And then, of course, when Ned and MJ go to comfort Peter on the school rooftop after Aunt May's death... What I say, the first time I watched the movie, that is the point where my heart shattered. Like, when I say I cried during that scene this time, I cried. Like, heavily and, like, just actually crying. And it was bad. Um, and, like, it that just hit me so hard. Just the way they're like, okay, but there's other people here. And then they introduced Toby and Andrew. And I'm going to have to stop calling it Peter from now on because, you know, we have to call it Tom, Andrew, Toby because... Whatever. Um, you know why. There's three Peters. Anyway, so... It's just... And then Andrew explains how he lost Gwen. And then Toby explains how he lost Uncle Ben. And just all this stuff. And it, like, oh my god. It just made me cry. And then, of course, when Andrew saves Gwen. The look on his face that he did it. I could have saved Gwen. That's just so heartbreaking to me. And, like, just the look in his eyes and the way he just starts crying. Like, just, oh my god, why? That is just the best thing. Like, that is the best part of the entire movie, hands down. And then, of course, we have the goodbyes. And this time, that scene hit me. And I know I've already said that every scene hit me so far. But this scene just actually hit me. Um, And, yeah, it's... It's a lot um and the goodbye scene is really emotional and then peter's about to say i love you and she goes no tell me when you see me again that that series of dialogue that that oh my god i can't even like i would get that tattooed in a heartbeat like literally and then they forget him and he goes back to the coffee shop to see them again and he sees that their lives can go on without him. They don't need him, which is the saddest part. 
their lives can go on without him. They don't need him. And then I noticed this in my last breakdown. I mentioned it too. She still wears the Black Dahlia necklace, the broken one. And it represents that, like, like, but she still wears it. And something in her has it in her to put, to wear that necklace every day. Something in her still chooses to wear that necklace every day, even though it's broken. And, you know, because, like, because it's broken, to me, it just, like, represents that something in her heart is missing, the way the necklace is missing parts of it, and, like, her heart is missing Peter. Like, that just legitimately, that symbolism, oh my god. Um, and yeah, and the fact that she still wears the necklace every day is just even worse. That's even more sad. And, you know, something in her still wears that necklace every day, and, then he's about to say I love you back because um but then he doesn't because he sees her tuck her hair behind her ear and he sees the band-aid. And he doesn't say I love you back because he knows it will hurt her more. Her life can go on without him and his can't. He knows what it's like to remember he he knows their love and connection. He knows what it feels like to miss her and want to be back with her again, but she doesn't remember that. Like he remembers their connection and the love they shared and their relationship. So he knows what it's like to miss out on it, but for her, she never knew what it felt like, so therefore she can't miss it, if that makes sense. And she doesn't remember any of that, and he'll have to live with the memories of their relationship while she knows nothing. And, like, that's just sad to me. And the worst, like, I already said this, but the worst part is that her life is much better without him. And he will remember the good times, and he will have to live with the memories, um, and both Annette and MJ's lives can easily go on without him. They don't need him. They just loved him. They don't remember that love, but Peter does. And Peter will always remember the love and the relationships that they shared. Like, Ned finding out he was... Sp- like, all of this was just flashing through my eyes. Like, you know when people say, like, when you die, your entire life flashes through my eyes? When they said their goodbyes, my entire... Like, the entire entirety of Homecoming and Far From Home just flashed through my eyes. Like, you know, Ned finding out Peter was Spider-Man and dropping the Death Star... MJ figuring out that Peter was Spider-Man and Peter giving MJ the Dahlia necklace that she still wears and just all of that just sort of flashed through my eyes and you know like MJ running into Peter's arms after the far from home battle he knows what it's like to feel love and now he can't feel that anymore because he's like alone and he can miss it because he knows what it feels like but you know and now they have all this like empty love that like they cannot find a trace of but like some like but it's still there and like oh my god that's just so sad to me because they clearly do still love each other but just they don't know why i I don't know if that makes sense but like yeah that's to me what stuck stuck out the most mostly peter's relationship between ned and mj really stood out upon my rewatch of the film because it's really what drives the entire story i mean the whole thing starts when he wants them to get into college so like just the entirety of Homecoming Far From Home and now No Way Home have just been revolving around those two characters, and Peter just does everything for them, as well as Aunt May, but Aunt May died and just replaced the role of Uncle Ben. But um, his choice to give up everything he's ever loved, to me, is just, it just shows that he's Spider-Man. Um, and the same thing I said in, like, my last review, um, like, it just, I'm gonna dive way more into their into Peter's relationship with Ned and, and and MJ and like what it could be like in the future of the MCU now that Spider-Man 4 has been confirmed and you know I I don't like I don't know how to say that you know 
just everything in the story has been derived by those people's relationships. And, like, I hope this makes sense when I explain it this way, and I've already said it multiple times, but Peter will remember them and just the relationship he had with them. And he'll have to live with those memories knowing that they've forgotten and they don't know what it's like, but he does. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, it's the best way I can explain it, but hopefully it does because that just really hits home with me. He's all alone and he's like, he's an adult now. And that's the saddest part. Most of these movies just revolve around Peter being a high school kid, immature, doesn't know the real world, but is slowly trying to figure it out. And like, we've gotten to the point where he figured it out. You know, he's living in a small apartment. He's all on his own. He doesn't have those teenage relationships anymore. He doesn't have any relationships anymore with anybody. No connection with anybody. He barely knows people. And, you know, like, he's just, he's an adult. He he does his own thing. He has nobody, nobody to take care of him, nobody to love him. He only has, it's him himself and whatever, you know? It's him himself and nobody else. And he's all alone. He knows nobody. He doesn't have all those, like, resources that most, like, like he did before. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have a best friend. He doesn't have a parental figure. He doesn't have Happy. He doesn't have Tony. He doesn't have Doctor Strange. He has nobody to look up to and nobody to look up to, like, nobody to be with. He has no friends, no family, nobody to take care of him. He just has to take care of himself and only himself, and he has to take care of stopping crime in the neighborhood. He doesn't have to take care of making sure Ned and MJ get into college and Happy and Aunt May's relationship works and all this stuff. And that wasn't his deal anyway, but, like, he still had that, like, he still had things to do outside of being Spider-Man. But now, Peter Parker doesn't exist. He he chose Spider-Man the same way Doctor Strange told him that he can only choose two different lives. He chose the life of Spider-Man, which is ultimately what Spider-Man is. He's a selfless hero, um, but he's ultimately Peter Parker, too. So it's all it's very sad that, you know... Peter's life, he still remembers it, but everyone else doesn't. And to me, that's just heartbreaking. The fact that one one own person will, will remember their life and everything they had, and then they have to feel the fact that that's all gone now. Hopefully that made sense. Thank you guys for listening to the short episode. Compared to the last one, at least, it was short. But I'm going to have way more No Way Home content coming out soon, especially because it's breaking records. I'm going to rewatch it again, obviously. And I'm, I'm just going to briefly touch on the villains. Upon rewatch, the beginning wasn't as slow as the first time I watched it. It went flew by quick. And honestly, like, I don't, I know everyone says Jamie Foxx is like a really good actor, but like nothing against a guy. I mean, he's fine, but like, he's just not Electro to me. Like, I've read all the comics with Electro in it, and he just doesn't feel like Electro to me. I don't know why. And now, of course, everybody on Twitter is like, get us an Amazing Spider-Man 3. And I saw a tweet today that said, if you wanted Amazing Spider-Man 3, you should have showed up to Amazing Spider-Man 2. All of a sudden, like, everybody's hopping on a trend to say Andrew Garfield's the best. And, okay, you guys know this from my past episodes. To me, Tom is the best Peter. Tom Holland plays Peter Parker perfectly. To me, it's so comic book accurate. He is the perfect Peter Parker. Andrew is the perfect Spider-Man. He plays Spider-Man perfectly, but his Peter has has his flaws, and Spider-Man's Pete and Tom's Spider-Man has his flaws, and Toby is half and half. He's half good at Spider-Man, half good at being Peter. He's just in the middle. But Andrew's the better Spider-Man. Tom is the better Peter. 
So, if anyone asks, it depends on the question. If you're asking who's the best Spider-Man, then I'm going to say Andrew Garfield. If you're asking who's the best Peter Parker, I'm going to say Tom Holland. So, you know, it's just this whole thing. And everyone's like, oh, Amazing Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 3, but they're just saying it because it's a trend now. Whereas all along, if I ever had to vote on a poll, that was which Spider-Man is your favorite. It always says Spider-Man, so I just vote for Andrew. You know, like... Yeah, it's kind of frustrating at this point that everyone's like, oh, Amazing Spider-Man 3, but me, who's always been in, like, we're like, okay, but you didn't even show up to the Amazing Spider-Man 2. We did, and now we didn't get a third movie, but now all of a sudden you want it because of No Way Home. Anyway, I hope that makes sense. I'm just kind of, like, annoyed by that. Also, people are talking about Mary Jane versus Michelle Jones, and when I say that this is one of the best things that has ever happened on Twitter, it is one of the best things that has ever happened on Twitter. Go look up Mary Jane. She's trending. And people are like, <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, this tweet, um, it's hilarious. I'm going to just actually read it. Mary Jane breaking up with Peter only because he didn't ca- come to her show. While MCU's Peter identity got revealed to the world, his world upside down, known as murder, and yet MJ still supports him and believes that they can go through with it. This is a freaking upgrade. <laughs> like, I, I love that. You mean the biggest upgrade. Michelle was ready to protect Peter on the Tower Bridge. And all Mary Jane did was scream the entire time. (laughs) Like, some people just are so creative, and I should just never understand. But, like, it's so true. Mary Jane was struggling, was a struggling actress with abusive parents and a well-defined character. (sighs) Like, oh my god. And versus MJ, who just, like, is actually involved in Peter's life. Oh my god. Yeah. Mary Jane only loves Spider-Man, not Peter. She only wanted went out with him because he was Spider-Man. MJ loves Peter because he is Peter Parker, not because he's Spider-Man. That's what makes Gwen and MJ both better than Mary Jane. Anyway, these things are just hilarious, and I totally agree. I definitely prefer Michelle Jones. I, I didn't like their relationship in No Way Home the first time I watched it. It felt a little cringy. But to me, any relationship the first time you watch it seems cringy. Um, especially The Amazing Spider-Man. But, like... Upon rewatch, I was just dying. It is just the saddest thing ever, the fact that they like their relationship is forgotten. The first time I thought it was a little cringy, but this time I was like, damn, that is just sadness. So I did like the relationship better this time around. And we're going to do an episode on the best Spider-Man love interest. I might even do a tier ranking because he has lots of love interests, more than, you, more than most people know. So I'm going to do a love interest tier ranking and i'm also gonna like just talk about the three main love interests from each movie and do a character breakdown of all of them in one episode just so we can like talk about them and i can say my favorite the same way we rank who's the best spider-man all the time we gotta start talking about his love interest because they all ultimately shape him so that episode's in the works i'm gonna get leah ashley to be on that one too maybe maybe just the tier ranking for that one she's not a comic book fan i'm also gonna focus on the comics but I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. And that's the next episode I'm planning, as well as me rewatching No Way Home again. I've also already said to myself that when it comes out on DVD, I'm going to buy it. Even though the only way I can watch a DVD is on, like, an old laptop. But I literally just don't care. I will buy the DVD just so I can say, like, I own the movie. So I'm going to rewatch this movie, like, the heck out of this movie. And I, I, I don't think I can watch, like, Homecoming and Far From Home anymore because they will just destroy me. And... Today, I started rewatching Infinity War for some reason. Um, I don't know why, but, like, I just woke up and I was like, it's time to watch Infinity War again. I haven't watched Infinity War in a long time, 
And so it just felt like it hit different. Um, I haven't finished it. I'm only like 30 minutes in, but I'm probably going to finish it tonight. And I'm also going to do a Lord of the Rings rewatch for the Christmas, for the holidays. And also, if you're wondering why I haven't been getting YouTube videos out, it's because of the holidays. Like, literally. I, yeah, I'm super busy, but yet I'm sitting in my car to record this episode because it's just so insane. But anyway, I will see you guys next time. I'm so happy that, like, you know, this movie is out and that everyone's loving it. It's making so much money. And also, people are pointing out that Tom Holland stars in three of the biggest movies of all time, opening box office. Opening weekend at the box office, he stars in three of them. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, that's, that's a really good observation. It just shows how much people like Tom Holland. And I don't hate Tom Holland. I mean, it's just a running joke. I, I need to keep saying this now. I don't hate Tom Holland. It's just... It's a long story. I, I always say I'm going to do an episode about it, but, like, what are you supposed to call an episode like that? Why I don't hate Tom Holland? Like, that's just lame. Nobody's going to listen to that. Anyway, if you do want it, though, I'll do it. But, you know, just whatever. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next time on the Movie Slash Book Phantom Podcast. Like I said, planning a love interest episode. And, yeah, that's that's it. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.